You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field with, with, with Tyler and friends. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a very explosive episode of The Home Stretch. I'm your host, Tyler Harrison, along with my co-host slash producer, Speedy Petey. Ranger game's on. It's nice and warm in here today. I don't know why I'm wearing a jacket, but it's not going to change, so whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's a, seems like a pretty good day. Sky was blue. Ah, major breakthrough. Yes. Uh, I was I waiting for sleep. something like the sky was pink or something like that. You keep talking, I'll make your sky pink. Wow. Anyway, um, the Ranger game is on. Henry Lundquist is a god. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just, I mean, I sent out the tweet, so I might as well just get into it, right? Whatever. Um, Yeah, so Kobe Bryant last night was on a late, late night show with, uh, I think it was James Conrad is the guy's name. And instead of eating Calton, they asked him to rank him, LeBron, and Jordan. Kobe Bryant responded by saying, I'm the best, Jordan's second, LeBron's third. That phone ringing yet? <laughs> Not yet. I do disagree with Kobe on one premise. Jordan, I, I I think Kobe's more skilled than Jordan was, but Jordan was more dominant for a longer period of time than Kobe was. If Kobe were won six, that's a conversation. However, that sparked my brain this morning. It did, it did, it did. <laughs> I must say... When you really, really, really dig dig at it, Kobe is better than LeBron still. I, I This year did not hurt Kobe's argument. This year hurts LeBron's argument. What have I been saying this entire time? LeBron's in the East. The East is a joke. Who was the best team LeBron played in his entire tenure in the East? The Boston Celtics? Up, oh, couldn't beat them either. So then he went to Miami. Didn't even win an NBA title right off the bat with Miami. Actually, he might be below 500 in the finals with Miami too. No, he's two and two. two. He's two two and two, so he is 500. Okay. what, What do you need me to say? And then he went back to another super team in Cleveland. In the Eastern Conference, the second-best team was led by an aging Carmelo Anthony, a Pacer team led by Paul George. What what, what part don't you understand? Like, I, the East was a joke. And now that Greek Freak is the best player in the East, look at what he's doing. Does that make Greek Freak the best player that's ever lived? No. LeBron went to the powerhouse Western Conference and he's not making the playoffs. Kobe went up against the Spurs, the Mavs, the Phoenix Suns, the Kings, 
who back at that time period were actually a pretty good team. He won three championships with Shaq. And then when it was his team, he still had them around the eighth seed by himself. Literally, by himself. His second best player was who? Lamar Odom? Who's better, Kevin Love or Lamar Odom? Kevin Love is better, sure. All right. Now you want to go to the third. Well, Kyrie eventually became the second option. Who's better, Dwayne Wade or... uh, Pau Gasol? Yeah. I would say Dwayne Wade was better. Mm -hmm. I would too. Then what, we're really going to compare Kyrie and Derek Fisher? (laughs) Stop. Did you have to bring up that name? What Derek Fisher do you? Ruined the Knicks before Phil Jackson did. (laughs) No. Derek Fisher got hired there because Phil Jackson took over. Yes, but he was initially damaging first. Phil Jackson didn't ruin it until 2016. No. Officially. I would blame Melo before I blame Derek Fisher or Phil Jackson. Mm, nah. All right, well, let bygones be bygones. But, yeah, so here's some stats for you. And to be quite honest with you, I don't really care about the stats. There's something I'm going to get to in a second that I think everyone really needs to focus on. So before you call my show, you know who you are. <laughs> so let's just do this. Remind you, LeBron's still playing. Okay? So Kobe's 18 all-stars against LeBron's 15. Kobe's two scoring titles compared to LeBron's one. Five rings compared to three. Fifteen All-NBAs compared to LeBron's 14. Here's the one that... Let's get LeBron's out of the way. He's got four MVPs, but let's be fair. Kobe got screwed four or five times. Here's the one, though, that sticks out to me more than anything else. Anything else. Now, mind you, when LeBron got in the league... Defense was getting easier to play, okay? Easier to play. Can't sneeze. Can't have bad breath. Can't touch anybody. Can't touch the elbow. When Kobe really was in, when the Lakers were winning that three-peat, it was still an old-school mentality of rules, okay? All NBA defenses, 12 to 6. 12 to 6. And mind you, it's not like Kobe took on the best guard. Kobe took on the best player on the other team. Go ahead. Somebody call me right now. 676-2968. And tell me defense and basketball doesn't matter. (laughs) I will. I, I think I'd quit the show. Oh, by the way, Jordan has nine, and everyone talks about him being one of the greatest defenders of all time. Fine. Kobe's got 12. And again, I'm not comparing Kobe and Jordan. That argument to me is unfair. It's unfair. Because Kobe Bryant did take Michael Jordan's mentality, his skill set. Well, not his skill set but his uh, moves down low and everything of that nature, and his, especially his mentality, and he, he learned from there. So I understand Jordan's the GOAT. That's not what I'm saying. 
Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. By far. Not my argument here. My argument is everyone's proclaiming that LeBron James is this king. He's the GOAT. No. He's not even the greatest, first of all. After this year, he'll never be on the Laker Laker Mount Rushmore ever. Period. Don't want to hear it. That ship is sailing. one year. <laughs> no, but in four years, you can't be on someone's Mount Rushmore. I don't care who you are. Especially when you're taking games off. He's not playing against the Jazz tonight. He's exhausted, I guess. I don't really care. Kobe'd play tonight. If Kobe was eliminated from the playoffs, he would still be playing? Yes. All right. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind Kobe would play. Look at his final year. They were, what, 30 and something? Yes, because that was a ceremonious thing. There's oh, a difference. He still played, Speedy. Byron Scott put a um, Scott and um, Jeannie Buss had come to some sort of agreement with Kobe, like, you can play when you want, but at the same time, when I say you're out, you're out. You're not playing 40 minutes a night anymore. Accept that, because you won't make the season. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. You, at that point, like there was nothing to play for. There were still obviously times where that can happen too. And but they were eliminated could, in like March, right? But that's something that might have hurt his longevity, though, too. Oh yeah, agreed. Absolutely, he could still play in this league today if he didn't play forty minutes a night for forty twenty years. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm sure that there were there were times where they do did did do that too for his longevity and. Whether the reason for resting games or not is there's there's still resting games. Whether again, whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing, I'm not really opposed to it in any way. I'm not going to knock him for it if that's what they were yeah, having him do. This. He's done this for years. It's not like he just did it now. He's done it for years. No, I know. I'm just saying, like his last year was more of a ceremonious thing more than anything else. They wanted him to play his home games. Obviously, what he did. Oh, in I the mean final. LeBron. I'm not talking about Kobe. I'm talking about no. LeBron. I'm, I'm referring to Kobe right now. Like what oh. what they did in his final year. Like we don't know what it'll end up in LeBron's final year because we're not thinking it will be soon because his longevity is just been that good and a lot of that has to do with him resting these games I think strategically more than anything else right now I mean that's fine but I don't know and again my point is I whatever you're already eliminated so that's fine but but my point here is and this is where I really want to get to so mind you Kobe's played 1,346 games his averages, give or take a few, are 25, 5, and 5. Okay. In 1,197 games, LeBron's 27 and 7. And 7. He's not keeping those numbers up. He's going to fall. You figure he plays another three years. That's. At the rate LeBron goes. He's not going to play 82 games anymore. Uh, yeah, but why would that demoralize his numbers too much if he plays less? Because it's just averages go down. That's what everyone right, tells me on the show. Averages go down. Yes. He'll probably in, end around 25, sh- 5, and 5. In a shorter sample size, but you're already dealing with a 15, 16 season sample size. How much are those numbers really going to drop if he doesn't play? Like, what would drop him more is if he has three straight seasons where he averages two assists a year, not not just one. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is that I think for the next three years, you're going to see his numbers drop. 
That's fine. I'm just saying, I'm saying why that, would why would playing less games help fuel that dropping more? No, I'm I'm trying to ballpark how many games in the next three years he'll play. He's not going to play all 82 anymore. So I'd say no. What's well, 82 times three? Six. Uh, 256. So we figure he plays 200 of them. That's almost identical. Yeah, I figure they'll end around the same. 25, 5, and 5. Mm, I don't know. If you want Anthony Davis, your numbers are dropping, pal. Why, why would Anthony Davis have his numbers... Why would Anth- getting Anthony Davis cause his numbers to drop, though? More rebounds for Davis, more points for Davis. Anthony Davis is going right, to be says op- Right, but who also says that LeBron isn't losing assists from young players struggling and stuff like that? Ingram being streaky all year, Alonzo uh, being bad, Kuzma Lonzo being streaky. Sucks. Right. So who says LeBron wasn't losing assists through that either, though? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he's, his numbers will drop. Anthony Davis is going to be primary A. Everything's going to run through Anthony Davis. Everything will be ran. That's random. fine, but I'm just saying LeBron will still get assists. And, yeah, his rebound numbers will probably drop a little, but I don't think it'll drop much further than under 8. Maybe they'll drop to 8.2 or something like that, but I don't see it dropping that much more, being that he already has his body of work for 15 years. LeBron, once Anthony... I, again, I don't think Anthony Davis is going to the Lakers. But if he wants Anthony Davis, he's better come to the realization that you're not you're not the guy. I'm the guy, and I I I want the ball in my hand. So that's that's right. But happens. I do think it'll help fuel other numbers though. So right now so he has twenty seven point two points a game for his career, seven point mm-hmm. four rebounds, seven point two assists. Mm-hmm. If it, if your theory is true and Anthony Davis does rebound steal rebounds from LeBron just to, consistently and it drops to say 7 is that going to be a, a drastic difference? I don't think it would drop much further than that. And the assist totals I think they'll they'll neutralize because yes, there'll be some possessions where Anthony Davis might be handling the ball too or might drive and dish as a big man like that that makes sense, but at the same time I also think he'll feed off of LeBron's assists too, though, so I think that'll kind of stay the same. Maybe it will, maybe we won't. All I know is that for years I've heard people tell me averages go down the longer you play. So three years from now... Right, it's very hard for it to go up too, but it's also very hard for it to go down that drastically. Like, it'll go down slowly. It's going to go down slowly. No, it's going to go down slowly, but over time... The drop from seven assists to five is still going to be monumental, though, too. When you play that long. If you're dealing with a stretch where he played six years and then had started to have tail-offs and assists and stuff like that, yeah, it probably could get down to 5.2. But you're dealing with 15 years. It's going to be very hard to drop from 7.2 to 5.2. Well, we're going to find out. And this is where the argument to me Gets null and voided a little bit. So, I think when you have these conversations, people speak out of fandom first. Like, oh, I'm, uh, no, LeBron's better than Kobe, blah, 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 blah. Kobe's better than LeBron. Why? Oh, he was a Laker. He did this for the Lakers. Oh, well, LeBron and the Cavs did this. 
That's not how you win. That's not that's not an argument. That, that's talking with fandom. When you listen to players, like players that have played the game, obviously, and I'm not talking. The list I have here is just. They're all, well, most of them are Hall of Famers. Some of them are the best that we've seen in an era. So, that when they say, why is Kobe getting slighted? Why is Kobe getting slighted? Oh, what's this? What's that? Like, Tracy McGrady brought it up on his own. They were talking about LeBron, Jordan, and he was like, well, why why don't you ever bring up Kobe? Chauncey Billups on ESPN Live Television said that he's the most skilled player of all time. Kobe, not LeBron, Kobe. And everybody, Jim Jackson said it, he'd rather guard LeBron than Kobe. Steven Jackson said he'd rather play with Kobe than LeBron because he knows that Kobe's going to be a competitor. He's more fierce. Allen Iverson said, why don't you bring up Kobe? Michael Jordan said that five beats three. What do you think he's talking about? He's picking Kobe over LeBron. Shaq has come out and said it multiple times. Why doesn't bring, Why aren't you bringing up Kobe? <laughs> hmm, a little bias there. <laughs> no, it's not. He played with LeBron, too. Yes, he played with LeBron when he was like 34. <laughs> doesn't matter. He played with LeBron. My point is this. If the players are saying... You're screwing Kobe over by not mentioning him in that conversation. Clearly, the conversation really could be had. Clearly. And listen, it's not even about the reins. The the reins are one thing. But to have Chauncey Billups, who I think is one of the most underrated point guards of all time, he was fantastic, say he's the most skilled player of all time, more of the skilled than Kobe and LeBron. I mean, uh, Jordan and LeBron. Paul Pierce, another guy, Hall of Famer. He kind of co-signed it. Jalen Rose has never had a problem telling people when they're wrong. Kind of co-signed it. The conversation's just... it. It's so annoying to me because it's just... It's just such a lack of respect. The guy's third all-time in scoring. All-time. It's not like we're talking about a guy that was... We're not talking about Jeremy Lin, who was good for two weeks and then disappeared off the <laughs> face of the earth. Yes, because the Knicks didn't re-sign him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think the Rockets only paid him like $500,000 more or something like that. But... I will say this. It's a conversation that needs to be had. I could have sworn somebody would have called my show by now. But I, I, will, I will continue to say this over and over and over and over again. If I'm building my dynasty and I get LeBron and Kobe in their primes, I'm taking Kobe. And to be quite honest with you, I think I'd even take Kobe over Jordan. Really? I think so. I think so. Kobe was a better all-around scorer than Jordan was. <laughs> now you might get someone to call. <laughs> I, I just, I would take Kobe over Jordan, too. Not as the GOAT, but if I'm building a team, yeah, 
I think I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident I'd take Kobe over Jordan. Are you saying that just so someone calls? <laughs> no, I. I really think. I mean. I mean. Ideally, I'd have both of them, but. Yeah. Jordan could slot in as forward three. if he wanted to. No, yeah. <laughs> either one of them could play three. Either one could play three. Right, but I think probably Kobe would be more suited as a two just because he'd probably shoot the three among the two of them. Is what I'm saying. No, well, Kobe's definitely the best all around. LeBron struggled to shoot a three for his first 10 years of his career, so I'm not. Well, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't really need to because the game wasn't that prevalent on the three yet. Well, thanks, Steph Curry. Yes, that's when it started to change. Kind of that first year, the the Warriors were good, and he was like 2012 or something like that. That was the first year, and then he really started trying to craft that a little more. Mm-hmm. And again, he was always efficient at it. Like he never took bad threes. But you're right; it was never a strong skill point. I'd say it was his Achilles heel. Popovich would literally say, do not let him get to the hole, make him shoot. Right, but Popovich had the... First of all, Popovich is is in a class of his own when it comes to coaches, and second of all, he also built his team like that where he was guarding the inside most of the time anyway with all the the good big men he had over the years and even the defensive uh, forwards, small forward types. Those are the types he liked to build around anyway, so it was kind of like a... Achilles heel for LeBron anyway. I don't know, but no one called me, so I couldn't get mad. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Speedy. We're on our own. What do you want? <laughs> All right. Do you, you want... have something to say? I do. Okay. That statement of why Kobe is better than LeBron and disappointing segment. why you would take Kobe over Jordan to start a franchise is presented by Heritage Harbor Financial Associates. Heritage Harbor Financial Associates strategies to grow, protect, and transfer wealth. Go to hhfa.org for more information. So you want to do lists first or you want to do Playhouse first? I want to do Playhouse first. Playhouse first. I'm upset. All right, so Playhouse today is baseball, Mm. and it has nothing to do, like you thought, off-air with Craig Kimbrell. No, I thought it had something to do with the draft. No, it has nothing to do with the draft. MLB drafts are no, in the NFL season. Draft. Why would MLB have something to do with the NFL draft? I don't know. Why would the NBA have something to do with the NFL draft? Because I did it differently for, to twist up the March Madness themes because college basketball and college football are technically owned by the same corporation. So I twisted it up. <laughs> so baseball is, or Speedy's Playhouse today is baseball, and... It, again, it's a pretty simple concept. That opening day is tomorrow. So I just did it. The 10 teams, because there's a lot, looking at the schedule, there's a lot of divisional matchups. You can only pick from the 10 teams that aren't playing in divisional matchups, yeah. including the one interleague with the Chicago Cubs and the Texas Rangers are the interleague, because now that's the way it works. The other teams you pick from are the Tigers. Yay. Blue Jays. Yay. You like these two. Rays and Astros. Okay. They're playing the Rockies against the Marlins and the Red Sox against the Mariners. So those are the inter uh 
not interleague, non-divisional games. Who the Rockies playing? The Rockies are playing the Marlins. Oh, God. <laughs> How am I supposed to build a team with the Marlins? <laughs> it will be tough, especially since they traded oh, everybody. Yeah. And even if you wanted a reliever like Kyle Barraclaw, he's now gone, too. <laughs> yeah, where is he, Washington? Washington, no. Which you would think would be good for them, but the Nationals have also been the home of where relief pitchers go to die a lot of times, too. So, you're going to build for this year, because we built for the future yesterday. So, here we go. This sucks. All right. So, catcher, I'll go first. Uh, Wilson Contreras. He is the best pub, uh, the best pub, the best catcher available, and it takes off the top. So I'm actually going to go to the rotation now because I need a lot. So Chris Sale, check the Red Sox. Blake Snell. Braves. players because I can't build a bench without knowing who my freaking starters are. And without a bench, I don't know how many relievers I want, so relievers are going to be rough to come by tonight, too. Uh, is there any obvious? Yeah, there are a few obvious positions. Let's get the Mariners, the Marlins, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Rangers out of the way. Check the Rangers off the list, and I'm gonna get the power bat of Joey Gallo to play first base. All right. Second base is interesting. I know what I want to do. I cannot not. All right. So Jose Altuve. I wasn't going to take him, but I don't want you to dunk Well, uh, what were you factoring? You were going to take Rugen and Odor on a better first baseman? Um, I don't know what I was considering, but I was going to have Devin Travis play second. Really? Over Even over Rugen and Odor? Hmm. Yeah, third defensively, I think. Devin Travis yeah, but is phenomenal. He's never been that good offensively besides that like one first year. Right. Well, Odor, too, is kind of that way, too. No, but Odor has done it, I think, for three years. He just had a really bad year last year. Right. Again, I take Nolan Arenado. 
who someone said is the third best third baseman in baseball. Don't look me, I didn't say <laughs> We know. I can't take friggin' Tulo. No, he has his former teams on here, but not his current. Jean Segura. in a row, Charlie Blackman. Sandy Leon, right? There's no other even catcher worth taking, I think. I think there's one better than Sandy Leon. Really? He's new to the team, but he's there. <laughs> Are you thinking Chirino? No. No, someone who just signed with one of these teams. Good offensive catcher. Average defensive catcher. Zanino? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's probably better than Leon is. Guy was even there. Yes. Good signing for Tampa. They traded for him. They that's what screwed it up. That's what screwed me up. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Zanino got traded for him. <laughs> Yeah, they traded for Zanino. Yeah. But the team is still there. <laughs> right. Um. All right. Infield. I'm getting the Marlins off my list. Uh, I'm taking Starlin Castro. Versatile, good contact hitter, good defender, defense player. So. Right, my back. One of my backup outfielders is going to be Kevin Pillar. 
Hey, the Blue Jays have arrived. Yeah. The Mariners and Tigers, I don't know how I'm doing this. There's Mariners no is easy if you think about it. Tigers, I'm not sure. Especially for you, it seems pretty easy. <laughs> I probably just surprised you, but I'm going to take Kyle Seager. No, that's not what I was thinking you would do, but okay. Still solid. <laughs> Who'd you think I would take? D. Gordon. <laughs> As a pinch runner. Well, he's a solid defender too. Seager's actually a really good defender. Right. He is. No, Seager's a good player. I'm just, no, I'm thinking crap. you like I would think D Gordon would be something that popped in your head. <laughs> and the Tigers are off my list too. I did it. I didn't even do the bullpen yet. I'm gonna take Nicholas Castellanos All right. before he gets traded. Yep. All right, great. Now my bullpen can be done in peace. Seven relievers. All right. Um, because I've seen him do this, I'm actually going to take Charlie Morton as a long reliever. I think he can do it. I think it will work. The rest of this is going to be suspect. Oh, man. Alright, my closer, I guess, is going to be Wade Davis. I can't spend more than the other two. I think who is even going to close the answer? Mauro's gone. Mauro? He's gone, right? No, I think Morrow's hurt, but I think he's still there. But I think he'll be out until, like, late May or something like that. Alright, so Ken Giles will be one believer. So is the guy yeah, he got traded for, Robert Ozuna. Vino uh, left, so that's great. Blue Jays. Maybe I'll take it. Oh. I'm trying to think who the Rays announced as their closer. They didn't announce one yet. No, well, there's one that I'm thinking of. Hold on. Give me a second. They're probably going to do closer by committee. But yeah, that's what I heard. I know the guy's name. I saw his face just a few hours ago because the show has been on my mind now for about, I don't know how long. That's what they're labeling it as, but... I'm going to take Jose Alvarado. He pitched great last night. Hander, nice. Very nice. Seattle's 2 0, oh, clearly.
Yeah, Cubs closer right now is labeled as Moro. Yeah. Pedro Strope is set up, and they also see Shishak. Yeah. Steve, sure? yes. Steve Shishak is also there, who has closing experience too. Pedro Chris Davinsky. I mean, this bullpen was Yeah, the bullpen was a tr it was strugglesome, especially when you have to take Ken Giles as a primary. <laughs> yeah. Freaking hothead that he is. <laughs> the Mariners also lost a lot. Yeah. Colome is now with the White Sox. Obviously, Diaz is with the Mets now. So, at least if I would have got Diaz, I would have been like, okay. I mean, that's a bullpen. I don't think that would struggle, but it's hard. That was a hard bullpen to put together. Yeah, right now they have Hunter Strickland labels their closer. <laughs> yeah. Pitch pretty good. Yeah, you just wonder how good of a closer he will be. Sometimes that's not an easy transfer, especially for somebody that. Is primarily a fastball guy. If they're locking in on that, that could be hard to do if in a key spot. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of the multi-team thing, I think you handled that well for the most part. Good job with the defensive outfielders, prioritizing with Pilar and Kiermaier for the obviously for the Rays. Even though you had Blake Snell too, you had another one with Kiermaier. Uh, Texas has other hitters, so. Interesting you went with Gallo, but looking at the depth of first base, I could see why that was the case. Now, you avoided Anthony Rizzo. Was that just because you wanted Altuve and Arenado instead? Like, if you're judging the positions? Because yeah. Texas does have a good lineup, and I'm just wondering if you, you could have thought of going with Rizzo and possibly going with the combination of maybe an Elvis Andrews instead, or... Yeah, but or I think Story's like upside is higher than Elder Andrews. I think Story's passing Elvis Andrews. I think Elvis Andrews is still a top tenner. Now, do you think Gallo, even though we kind of know what he is, still has more upside, too? Than Rizzo? No, not just in general. I think that his batting average is not a 200 batting average. If he hits 250. Do you think he can get win. there? Do you yeah. think... Because that's what he was supposed to be when he came up, and he turned into obviously what he is. I just, and that's kind of why I stuck with Altuve. And I think that he's a great number five or six hitter, and that's probably what he'd be. All right, now another option too, just because you have a lot of outfielders that were of similar level, was Mazzara. Mazzara, well, not necessarily starting. Because, obviously, you you have Blackman, you have Betzer, you're not taking out 
and then Kiermaier is in on defense. Now you could put him on the bench too. But and, there's no other Tiger I'd take. But here's the thing. Being that you have... Oh, do you have another Mariner? Or maybe you don't. No, I was, Castellanos is my only Tiger. No, I know that. I was thinking maybe... Because Castellanos could also play third. No. Where you could have him as both as a, a utility. But then I, then I realized you didn't have another Mariner. Now, the other thing you could have done then is subbed Strickland in for one of the relief pitcher spots, too. I, I now, I think that, that combination as a whole could have been better. I'm not saying Gallo's necessarily bad, but I think that combination, considering the outfielders are kind of a similar level... Castellanos is probably better than Mazzara is, but Mazzara is still similar level to kind of where Seager is right now. That's where, that's where I'm kind of uh, judging at it right now. But I guess it's not too bad where it's going to haunt you too much. I'm just surprised you left Rizzo out, being he's still a top-end first baseman. I guess. So that was really the, the main thing. It was interesting how you were going to do the Rangers because they have a bunch of different o offensive options to go for. But I do like your emphasis on the defense. Kind of important, especially with this kind of thing. Having somebody like... If you wanted to start him, Castellanos, or somebody like uh, Gallo, if he were to rotate into the outfield, like those guys will need help defensively because they're not good. No. Gallo's an okay person. No, I'm talking about as an outfielder. He's not that good defensively. But sometimes they put him in the outfield to rotate other guys in. Right now they have him listed as the left field starter. Ronald Guzman is the first base guy. And they also have an outfield prospect in, um, I forget his name, Willie something. That was supposed to come up last year and got hurt. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, he was, a, he was a top 50 guy, I think, before the trade deadline hit and then... I think he fell off since then because of his injury. Willie or Williams something. So, that's interesting. The starting pitchers, I think you got perfectly. I think I somebody like Freeland could have been forgotten just because he only had the one year, but he's still in that kind of park doing what he did. Was a phenomenal year. Blake Snell obviously won the Cy Young. Chris Sale has been great for a while and has his Verlander. And Garrett Cole is five. Yeah, sounds about right. Now, again, like I said, the bullpen, I'm trying to figure out. Now, you said Alvarado's the lefty? Right. Okay, so I'm not really an expert on these teams' lefty specialists, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna put down any for There's that. There's not a good bullpen as a team unit on this. No, I know. The Rays have the best team. Right, right? but I, what I was telling you is with Strickland, like Strickland, I don't think he's a good, I don't know if he's necessarily a great closer, but he's still a good eighth or seventh inning guy. I'm surprised he didn't make the cuts. You could have probably taken out Davinsky or Strope for that. I don't know. I, I, I think I trust Pedro Strope more than I trust Strickland. Maybe. Again, I still think the combination of a whole with, with trying to figure out the teams, I think that could have been a fit. Right there. Because I think they're still at a similar level right now. And Davinsky, when you look at him, he's kind of like Strickland where he's has the good stuff, but is very inconsistent. 
So it's interesting the way you put it. I just think that would have been better if you were to incorporate all teams. With the Marlins, you're kind of stuck with having to use Castro. With the Tigers, you're kind of stuck with Castellanos. But Castellanos is still a good player. Like, I think there was a way you could have done it with doing, like, the, the Rizzo-Mazzara structure and then putting the Mariner, Mariner guy in the bullpen. Yes. I need grades from this video. All right. So... Leaving out Rizzo will hurt a bit, but the rest of it, yeah, the rest of it's fine. I, I, Story versus Correa is uh, is a debate. I'll give you that. I would take Correa, but I'm not going to knock you for a tre st Trevor Story had the better year last year. And infield chemistry, it's third and short versus second and short. Like, all right, fine. That's interchangeable. Uh, again, the bench is fine, and the starters I think you got perfectly. So the Rizzo thing will knock you a little bit. I'm going to give it an A- minus overall. I disagree. I think there was a way you could have done it with that. So I don't think there's that much difference with Davinsky and Strickland. They both have great stuff, hard throwers, and are inconsistent. They've been that way their whole career. They both have succeeded in the playoffs, too, at times, too, though. But Davinsky also was very down. And that's, why, and that's why somebody like Morton ended up rising the way he did in the playoffs. Right. I don't know. I... If I had... I don't know. If I had to take another Ranger, though... So you would have taken Andrews and left it the way it was instead of doing what I said and rotating around Mazzara as, yeah. a, as a backup outfielder? I don't, I don't know if I'm sold on Mazzara yet. No, I'm just saying, I'm not even saying him as a player. I'm saying like what you would gain versus what you would lose. The way I had you do it, because think about it this way. Mazzara is a similar level to Seeger right now. That's just like it's better than Mazzara. Maybe, but I'm just saying a similar level. Like, I don't think there's that much of a difference between the two in terms of an overall level. Obviously, different skills and what they can do. Well, Seager's there defensively at a tough position. Right, but I don't think... You, in With this kind of team, the way it's structured, you have five talented defensive outfielders. I don't think you would use them for defense anyway. Sure. And even if you're, even if he's in, somebody like Kiermaier and Pilar is just as good to, to, help, you no, save, I get that. to help you save that kind of thing. So... I'm just saying I think that combination as a whole would have been better where you're not losing as much to me as if you were to sub in Gallo for, for Rizzo. I don't know. I think Joey Gallo is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think Joey Gallo could be better than Anthony Rizzo by the time this year. Really? Joey Gallo is going to hit 40-50 home runs. Yeah, but that's it. That's what we know of right now, and you would hope just the rest of the areas improve. Because right now he's been that the whole of his career. Now, obviously the Rangers, obviously partially to blame too, because they haven't helped him grow like they've we've seen him do. And the Rangers have done this with high-end prospects before, but you just hope that he can also learn himself too. I guess I'm just going to keep the A minus. Yep. 
surprised you weren't mad about leaving Chris Bryant off. No, because I don't think you could leave off Arenado. Arenado's still better. Guido would have left him off. Would have left Arenado off for Chris Bryant? Yes. Yeah, well, if he was doing this, he would have gotten knocked for that, too. Probably at a similar level. <laughs> no, that's worse. The difference between Arenado and Bryant over the difference between Gallo and Rizzo? Yes. I don't think I don't think that's I don't think it's far off. I don't think it's it might be worse, I don't know, but it's not far off. Because Bryant still only had the one bad year so far. You just wonder with his injuries. I guess so. Alright. Well, that was a boring hour of the home stretch. Sorry. I thought somebody would call and <laughs> make You were anticipating the Mike Guido or Errol Marks loud arguments. That I was. That I was. Especially Errol when you said you would take Kobe to start a franchise over Jordan. Yeah, that, that I, I, I thought that would have. I thought he was going to have a conniption if he heard that. <laughs> he I, was I a ranked 18th all time. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he really watches my show, so whatever. <laughs> so, that being said, I'm just going to do the Twilight Zone trip. Oh, wait. This isn't Twilight. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing HQ trivia because no one gives a damn about this show. Wait a minute. I thought that this was supposed to be baseball trivia. Baseball trivia? I thought so. <laughs> I guess not. What are you doing? Is it a video? <laughs> no, I'm playing HQ trivia. I'm not kidding. And there's a... There's a hip hop song in the background. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you want to go to break to play HQ trivia? Yeah, I'll, I'll get the first question wrong. I know nothing about uh, the Twilight Zone, so it's, that's about it. But right. um, yeah, when we come back from the home stretch, we do my favorite part of the show—a top ten list that no one will ever, ever, ever tune in for. So figure out after the break. See you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And that is the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hello, welcome back to the home stretch. I don't know why I said see you. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, we're back. Whoop-de-doo. And, uh, Hopefully you didn't deceive too many people. <laughs> nah, well, whatever. I'm sure nobody cared. So, here we go. Uh, Speedy, you got a list for me? I do have lists for you, but before we get to that, the second hour of the home stretch and the lists are presented by Heritage Harbor Financial Associates. Heritage Harbor Financial Associates strategies to grow, protect, and transfer wealth. Go to hhfa.org for more information. So, we did basketball last yesterday, so we'll actually do that first today. So your basketball list will be the same as your hockey list yesterday. Just who are the top ten coaches in the NBA right now. Here we go.
Who's the Nets guy? Lyle Holland? Kenny Atkinson. Malone is the Nuggets? Yes. What's his first name? Mike Malone. Mind you, there are going to be guys not on this list that you probably want, like Mike D'Antoni. To me, you can't coach to not play defense and be considered a top 10 coach. Also, I don't think you can... Because I, I, I know people are going to be upset that he's not on this list either. I just drew a blank on who it was, though. I knew I was talking about something Oh, Nick Nurse, rookie coach, who got Kawhi Leonard on the number one seed of the last year. Come on, common sense. I do have to list these guys now. Um, this is hard ranking them, actually. I think they're all pretty similar in skill. Number 10 is going to be Mr. Kenny Atkinson of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he has done a fabulous job. He took a 
rebuild project and D'Angelo Russell and made him into a top point guard in basketball. That's not easy to do. Also, um, I need people to understand this. The Brooklyn Nets were supposed to be worse than the Knicks. They're supposed to be awful. Not this year, but every other year, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, they were supposed to be bad. They're in the playoffs. Besides D'Angelo Russell and maybe some of you know Chris LeVert. Name somebody on that team right now. I mean, I could, but I get your point. <laughs> right. Rondé Hollis Jefferson might not even be on your brain right now. So, there's, there's some good talent over there that he's really found a way to do, and it's phenomenal. He should be higher, but this is by far his greatest achievement, so I'll pump the brakes. Number nine, Mr. Nate McMillan. Good team in Indiana. They, I believe he had a – where was he before Indiana? Because he had a head coach in Gates. I don't else. remember. Was he the Portland guy? No, Terry Stotts has been there for a while, so unless it was way back that he was in Portland, I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, but – I do think that Indiana has talent. Um, also, I do think that Frank Vogel got screwed by getting fired by them. But Nathan Phillips done a fabulous job, and uh, he's really when Victor Oladipo went down, everyone kind of rolled the paces off. They played the same, if not better. Yeah, his last one was the Blazers, but it was all the way back in 2012. Right. So, I, I think. Um, good. I'm glad my brain still functions. Uh. Number eight, Mike Malone for Denver. We'll see how you do in the playoffs. Uh, a deep playoff run gets you higher on this list. But um, are they arguing again? Or is this playback? Oh, uh, yeah. Playback. So uh, Mike Malone is at eight. At number seven, Doc Rivers. Let me tell you something. He's an NBA champion, and he's got this Clipper team playing at a level that no one else thought they would. Who had the Clippers in the playoffs? I have the worst in the West. <laughs> right. I mean, Vegas gave them 33 wins. Everyone didn't have I gave them less. <laughs> huh? I gave them less. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Doc Rivers has coached his team to do phenomenal things. They traded their best player. They traded Tobias Harris. Remember that. They traded him. Uh, six, Terry Stotts for Portland. Like him. Like him a lot. He's got a lot of talent over there, though, but the reason he's not higher on this list is because he might be holding him back. We'll find out. Uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Nert, losing Nurchev is going to hurt, but uh, they could still make a deep playoff run. To me, the top five are indisputable. The order you have them in might be, but not the, not the actual coaches themselves. Number five is Quinn Snyder. Mm. Good job with Utah. Slow start to the year, but he got them going. And uh, they look like they're going to be a team that will be pesky throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Number four, Steve Kerr. I This could be low, but let's just be honest. No, it's not low. <laughs> Golden State's. <laughs> I could coach Golden State. Right, finals. right. Um, number three, and this is why I kept saying to everybody last year, stop comparing him to Popovich you have to give it time Brad Stevens was two last year he's three now because he's the re- something's going on in that locker room he's not massive I'm not hitting the panic button yet 
But I'm getting close. I'm getting real close. Like, my hand's on the buzzer. The Boston Celtics are crumbling before our very eyes. They were a great defensive team that made big shots. Their defense sucks this year. And they're playing. They're just not playing as a team right now. You still think they win the East? <sighs> Depends on the matchups that they lie ahead. But as of right now, yes. Okay. Kyrie Irving. Right. Kyrie Irving's a leader, and Kyrie Irving will get them to. I hope Kyrie Irving will get them to fall. Uh, number two, Mike Bullenholzer. Listen, he, he, he. No one had Milwaukee leading this. I had them as a top five seed. I had them two or three. I didn't have them one, though. <laughs> right. I, I had them higher than most people did, but there's no way I thought they were winning the East. I would have picked Toronto before I picked Milwaukee. <laughs> and everyone picked the Celtics or Sixers. And then the Wizards. Mike Boonholzer has improved that team dramatically. Dramatically. Um... And number one's number one. He's always been number one. He'll continue to be number one. Greg Popovich has outdone himself again this year. It really is. He's uh, pushed all the buttons again. And uh, the top three are definitely the top three. Uh, Steve Kerr is probably debatable. Him and Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I would put Snyder above Kerr, too. Yeah? I would, yeah. I just like that he's very, like, like the movement he brings to that team, I think is good. That's really the only difference. No, that's true. I mean, I don't think a, Quinn Snyder has this team first in the world. Right, but no, but Quinn Snyder also has worked with very little over the years. He's the team hasn't drafted high a lot of the time. The team had a lot of draft busts that we thought were done, and guys like Derek Favors have turned it around with him, like. There's certain things that make him very good, and again, on paper, it never looks like a playoff team or a team that even will win a playoff game. Not only do they win, they win, they beat the Thunder in five games last year. I mean, that has a lot to do with that. So I, I would put him a little higher. Uh, the rest of the list, yeah, seems reasonable. Now you had McMillan nine, and who eight? Oh, Malone. You had Malone eight. All right, yeah, I guess that's kind of interchangeable. Two teams that are doing a lot better than people expect. Who is your seven? Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. All right, yeah. I have to give it to him for what he did this year. Oh, God. Yeah, so I think that's reasonable. So that was NBA. Pretty simple turnaround after what it was yesterday. So let's go to we'll go to hockey now, and we'll finish with football. Uh, top ten passing defensemen is your theme for today. In terms of you could do it statistically, with in terms of number of assists, you could do it just of how crisp their passes are visually, uh, power play stuff like that. Anything could be incorporated here. Your top ten passing defensemen. You just want me to fall on my ass. One of them is on the TV right now. Two of them, if he was helping, I think Chad. I mean, Kirk is a good argument if he's in his right state of mind. So.
Um, one of, if not the biggest reasons Pittsburgh turns it around every year. Him, Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. That's, and coaching. That's, that's yeah, considering the depth they don't have on defense, he, right. him being healthy is a must. Right. Ian Cole and um, I like Justin Schultz, but losing Ian Cole, who else did they lose? They lost another big defenseman. Um, they still have Brian Dumoulin, if that's what you're thinking. It wasn't this one. Ben Lovejoy? Is that yes, Ben Lovejoy. Ben yeah, he's Lovejoy back with Anaheim. Who is Latane's lineman? I thought it was... I thought it was Cole when he was there. Because Cole is the more physical defensive guy. Yeah, he is the only defensive guy. Him with a stick is just as much as well send him out there with gloves. <laughs> uh, number nine is Ryan Sutter. He, uh, when he first signed that contract, him and Parisi went there together. They were expected to be the highest scoring tandem in hockey. That was for a reason. This guy is a wizard with the puck. I did not put Kevin Shattenkirk on this list. I wish I could have. No, is. I think Suter's better, too. Uh, I, uh, no, I think all of them are better. I just think Shattenkirk hasn't really played up to his level yet. I'm hoping next year with Panarin and who knows maybe our Carlson comes too but I'm hoping that the Rangers put it together is Mark Stahl done for the year I, I didn't hear anything with that maybe yeah, I haven't heard him since January well may, again maybe since it's the end of the season they're experimenting with the younger defenseman I know they brought they brought somebody up recently a young defenseman mm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank Russian. on his name who? Russian kid? I don't think so. No. They, they brought somebody up. He scored. He scored his first goal recently. So. Filippi? Alitri? No, not Latari. No, Latari was up last year. Right, and everyone was. And he, no, off. he's not a defenseman. He's a fourth line center. I, no, I, I don't know who you're talking about. But uh, number eight, Tyson Berry for the Avalanche. Yeah. One of the best offensive players in hockey. That's and. Actually, somebody playing this game is on this list, too. Tory Krug. Phenomenal. Number six, Victor Hedman. He has a lot of talent around him, so we can't really assess how great he is, but he is great. Uh, five is Morgan Riley. Four is Mark Giordano. Okay. Uh, three is Keith Yandel. He is just a wizard with that puck. When he was with the Rangers, it was really upsetting. Two, John Carlson. And one Brent Burns. You're right. It was a it was a Czech kid, uh, Libor Hajek. Mm. It was a Czech guy. So you, now going back to the list, you had Riley over Hedman. Why? I think Riley has. I don't say less talent because that line's phenomenal. I think that he, if he lost Riley, if Toronto lost Riley, it'd mean more than Tampa Bay losing Hedman. Yeah, I just think that Hedman has just been so good for so long. 
whereas Riley has just gotten it going. It's kind of like what we were saying with Yandel. Yandel's always had that that puck-moving touch for a long time. I think Hedman's had that since he's come into the league, too. Whereas Riley, I think he's been mistake-prone when he started to come up with turning it over. Like I feel like he hasn't done it as long, so I'm just surprised you put him there. And even Tyson Barry, like somebody you might take over him, too. Tyson Barry's done it for a lot longer as well. His defense hasn't been as good for as long in his career, but his offense has always been there. Who would you just say? Tyson Barry. Yeah, like, I would put him above thing. Riley, too. Really? Yeah, I would. It's, it's, it's interesting you had him as high as you did. Now, who'd you have at seven? You said Hedman was six. Tory Krug, okay. So, all right, that could... That could be interchanged. I guess he's had some great seasons. He's declined a little recently. Now he's bounced back, so he's a very interesting one. But, yeah, I can see why you had him lower on the list. Top three, I think, are good the way you had it. And the bottom ten, I think, are, are fine the way you had it. So that's really the only thing. I'm surprised you didn't have his headman as high because his offensive skills are right there. No, I agree. But I just the whole line is stacked. Well, yeah, but it hasn't been that way his whole career either, though. This is a longevity thing, so. No, I don't. All right, so for the most part, that was good. So the last list is football, and your football list for today has to deal with units. So... This is, again, you could pick any grouping, whether it's defensive line, linebacker, or secondary, obviously any scheme. The top 10 individual defensive units in the NFL. Currently. Currently, yes. So I couldn't go back to last year and take Baltimore's linebackers? Uh, No, you could not. That would be one, too, if you were doing last year. That That unit is deep. I still think it's not bad, but Mosley's a huge loss. Am I only doing defense? Yes, only defensive units.
Here we go. Let the callers complain if they must. <laughs> uh, number 10, the Minnesota secondary. Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Walson Dejo. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but they drafted Mike Hughes, so I'm assuming. I don't think Sandejo will be that big of a loss. I thought he was overrated anyway. <laughs> well, that's fine, but Mike Hughes is going to play a lot too. I, the secondary could be good. Um, my concern isn't secondary. It's just kind of the team aging as a unit. Number nine, same unit, I guess. Uh, different team, the Los Angeles Chargers secondary. Derwin James, Casey Hayward. I like Trevor Williams. And from everything I'm reading, the Chargers losing Jason Barrett means nothing. Well, if Desmond King play as well as he did last year, maybe not. But how, are you really going to trust that? He he still has his issues. <laughs> well, that's fine, but uh, they're deep. Number eight, the Cleveland Browns defensive line. They are the best young defensive line in football to me. And honestly, Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Emmanuel Ogba, and Olivier Vernon are going to get the most sacks of the unit next year. Call it right now. Garrett's going to probably lead the league with about 18-20. Vernon's going to have about 12 or 10. He just stays healthy. Yeah, but I, uh, again, he's going to be rotating in and out, so he's not going to play a lot. Well, Agba's also going to play linebacker at times, too, though. So I, I don't think he's going to be I, out of the game either. as much as you expect. We don't know who the new coordinator is, what kind of defense they're going to play. So don't be surprised if they move him around, though, too. I guess But uh, number seven, the Buffalo Bills linebacking core. I like them, man. I like them a lot. Starting to sound like John Cruz. <laughs> I like Matt Milano. I love Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, who's the other young kid they got? Do they have another one? I thought they, the other they, starter was Lorenzo Alexander. There's another good linebacker that I liked a lot. Doesn't matter. Those two are. Those are good. three starters. I'm not sure. For Doesn't matter. They're they're a good unit. They really are. I was gonna put the Ravens line back and core on this unit, but mostly it's too big. Six. <sighs> Dallas Cowboys linebacker. <laughs> I just hate it. So painful for the Mets. Uh, that 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 linebacking core might be the best linebacking core in all football. Definitely in the NFC, but depending really? on how... Oh, yeah. wait. Mm, yeah, I guess who I had number one lost somebody. Who'd you have number Carolina, one? Carolina, but they lost Thomas Davis now. 
Den är bara fjärkt han från Tuna. Jag vet inte. Nej, jag står där. Det var sånt där. Nej, han är retired, David Burke. Yes. Men det är fortfarande lost, då. Nej, nej, nej. Jag vet inte. Jag bara gör att han inte signar någon annan. Den bästa linebacken i korn fotboll är Jacksonville. De är djupa, och de är talentade, och de är alla speciella. Miles Jack, Telvin Smith, de signar Jake Ryan, som kommer att komma av benchen. And guess what? That's not even the last unit they have on the list. There's a unit I, I left off. Find out the unit you think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, number four, the Eagles' defensive line. They are deep, they yep. are good, and they are just the strength of the team. That is, that is without question. Uh, number three. Here they come. That Jaguar defensive line is special. Okay, They lost Malik Jackson. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter a smidge. Nettle. Taven Bryan on one side. Calais Campbell on the other side. Then you got those hogs in the middle. I Listen, that defense next year is going to be the best in football. The only reason their secondary isn't one right now is because I don't know who AJ Boy is next year. AJ Boy is the AJ Boy from two years ago. They're one on the list. Yep. If he's not, they're like 12. One. Number two, the Chicago Bears linebacking four. Mack, Floyd, Smith. Can you get a better front three? Can you? I don't know. I'm back in chorus now. And then number one, the Baltimore Ravens secondary. It's the deepest unit in football. It's, it's not even close. Tony Jefferson and Earl Thomas, Jimmy Smith, and then pick your choice of who the number two corner is. I'm assuming it's going to be Taven. Um, Taven, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be him. He's going to be good. Mm-hmm. He's going to be good. Jimmy Smith is not slowing down. That's a special, special, special unit. And it's going to cause a lot, a lot of turnovers next year. Again, I love the Ravens' defense. Mosley's a huge loss. I don't think I think he's the reason they don't make the playoffs. And Lamar Jackson's a quarterback. That's I still think they can make the playoffs. Not with, <laughs> not, not with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Now with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I do worry about that, but there will be some games he could steal with his legs, though, too. All right, so, again, the one that I seem to question the most was Buffalo's linebacking core. Now, you have them over a team like Atlanta and even a team like Carolina even losing Thomas Davis, who still have elite middle linebackers. Why? Khalil Mack is that damn No, no, not the Bears. The Bills. Bills. No, the Bears are easily the best. I'll give you that. No, I thought you said Bills. No, the Bears are are great. I think Tremaine Evans is good. Now, Luke Keekley, I I think the Bills units just... Hold on. I mean, I'll look up who their third guy is now. Because I know Atlanta's third guy is Duke Riley, who I think is probably better than who you're thinking of. Because I know he played very well when Jones was hurt. 
I'm not sure who Carolina's is off the top of my head because they lost A.J. Klein to the Saints. They just signed Bruce Irvin as a pass rusher, but how much is he actually going to play linebacker? I don't know. There's a top 10 unit. Lorenzo Alexander is one. Yeah, I guess they don't really have a standout name either. Shaq Lawson. Well, Shaq Lawson's a defensive end. Matt Milano I like. Yeah, Milano's good. I'm just, I think Thompson and Campbell are both better. That's what I'm just curious about. Yeah, I guess the Panthers don't really have a third right now. But who are you thinking of that's Buffaloes? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, Lorenzo Alexander's not bad. Right, but he's exclusively a pass rusher. I guess I was... Yeah, if you're trusting it to the Alexander, that would be the third. I don't see anyone else who would be a starter. So again, I would still, I would still take Atlanta over that anyway. I'd rather have Campbell, Jones, Riley than Milano, Edmonds, and Alexander. I think that's Atlanta. Name the three again: Devondre Campbell as right outside, Deion Jones in the middle, and then Duke Riley on the left. Buffalo. You would take Buffalo? Hmm. All right. Interesting. So that's one I had. The other one I was surprised at was the fact that Minnesota's defensive line didn't make it over their secondary. The defensive line, I think, is going to crumble. You think it's going to crumble? Really? Uh, Griffin's old. I don't know. Hunter's going to be great. Yeah, that's... They still got Linval Joseph there. I mean, we got to see a, a major question mark. Where we got to see is Sharif Floyd how he'll if he'll ever come back because he still has that uh, that condition, whatever he has. Obviously, Brian Robinson retired, so he's already out of there. So yeah, there are question marks. It's just interesting to see that they weren't included because they are still deep. The only one that I would even remotely think about adding on over the Bills secondary right now would be the Patriots secondary. Well, the Bills, no, the, you're saying the Bills linebacker. Court, right. Not. Is the Patriots secondary? Mm-hmm. Do they have the depth, though? Um, they have both McCourty brothers. They have Gilmore. They have Chun or Harmon. Doesn't matter. And then they got. They lost Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe wasn't that good anyway, though. <laughs> uh, they saw Jonathan Jones, who I think is going to be really good. And you know they're drafting somebody. So, I, I mean, they could, but I think they'll need the pass rush more at this point. Not in the first round, but they're going to draft somebody eventually. Okay. Yeah, the, in this draft, they'll draft. They the usually corner. draft corners later anyway. And the Patriots rarely draft a first-round corner. Well, wait a minute. They might have signed one. I don't think so. The only thing I remember them getting was Michael Bennett. 
think they, I think they signed a receiver, but I don't think they got a corner. I think they still have, oh no, Melifonwu. Melifonwu is probably going to play some more. Well, Melifonwu is a rotational guy too, though. But they, you know him. Duke Dawson. Okay, maybe. J.C. Jackson. I'm not as crazy about him. We're not looking at offensive units. No, they'd be one all night. <laughs> the Patriots offensive line would be number one. Nine. Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Keon Croson. Yeah, that's not gonna make a difference. No, I'm just no, but Rotational guy again. It's no, I'm not saying Belichick doesn't plug guys in well, but I'm just saying they're still kind of unknowns to this point that I couldn't necessarily have them leapfrog. Leapfrog who? Something like one of those linebacking cores. If you want to say Buffalo, fine. If I, I still would take the Falcons. If I don't think the Patriots secondary would leapfrog either one of those as an overall unit. Now, their core guys are, are phenomenal. I'm not saying they aren't. Devin McCourty, I still think, is good. And Gilmore has been a top-five corner in the league the last two years. But in, when you look at a unit as a whole, you look at the depth of it, too, and all three. Now, I agree with you to an extent where there you need secondary depth more than you do maybe linebackers. But I, this ranking system was based on everything. It was based on particular right. linebacker cores. And I just do think... Those cores are still better than the core of the Patriots secondary, which used to be very deep, but right now we have just a lot of unknowns. Now, I trust Belichick to do it, too. I'm not saying that those guys couldn't succeed, but right now they are unknowns. Dawson was hurt a lot. Obviously, Rowe was gone because he was struggling, but who says McCourty also doesn't play well his second year? We don't know that yet. He was really bad the last three years before that, so it's just a lot of question marks with that. Sure. So those are the only two there. I think the rest of them were fine. Obviously, a lot of teams that have bad defenses have to be left off in that case. Now, the only thing... Actually, there's one more thing. The only thing is Chicago's second... Or the Ravens' secondary over the, the Bears' line. Linebackers, why? Because I think those are the best two. Except, obviously, when Jacksonville's secondary is on, but they weren't last year. Why are the... Raven secondary first. I think there's more depth to it. Okay. So you know, with three or four bare linebackers, there's like five or six Raven defensive backs. So I just can't. 
and damn. Okay. And Marlon Humphreys might actually still pan out. Marlon Humphreys still fine. I, I have no problem with him. I think that he's been misused a lot. And I don't usually criticize... Don't blame Harbaugh. No, no, not Harbaugh. Don't be Evan Mazza. No, please. I'm, not, I'm not Evan Mazza. Believe me, I'm not. No, Dean Pease, when he was there, well, obviously he was a very good defensive coordinator. And even this year, the guy they had this year. That's the one thing I will knock him for is I, I think they've misused Humphrey where I thought he should have been playing more on the outside than he has been. It seems like he's playing more in the slot, and I think they're using Brandon Carr oh, too much. Oh, you know why? I like the addition of Justin Bethel, too. Justin Bethel to the Ravens? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like Bethel. I still like Brandon Carr. I know you don't, but I, I like No, Bethel. I think he's abysmal. Uh, I mean, he's a little better this year, but still, I... I didn't even think he was that good with Dallas. <laughs> Stanley John Baptiste might pan out. Tony okay. Jefferson's phenomenal. Right. Uh, Levine I like. No, Levine is, is a good hybrid between a corner Jimmy and a Smith. safety. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Again, Tavon Young. I'm trying to see where you, uh, Tim Williams are. I like Tim Williams. Tim Williams, I think, will start more now that... Zadarius Smith is gone. They still got Matt Judon, who has been a seven or eight sack guy the last two years. They, they, ha- I'm not as worried about them finding depth on that outside linebacker. Cyrus spot. Jones, I like Cyrus Jones. If they play him, I think Cyrus Jones. He didn't play a lot for them. They like used him more as a, a kick returner. I know, I'm just saying. All right. That's it. What do you got? Anything, Speedy? What? What'd you say? I said, do you have anything else, Speedy? Uh, I had I had one more question to ask, and obviously you like it. I know you like the player, uh, but obviously the Josh Rosen to the Giants rumors are swirling yes. more. Now, they offered a second. Do you think that'll be enough? Because I don't think it will be. I was trying to save this for the draft. Um, so, yeah, Josh Rosen has these rumors going around. Um, apparently, it's the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Giants that are most linked to him. Um, let me tell you something right now. If New England gets him, it's a wrap. They will be a dynasty for the next 10 years after Brady retires. Even if Belichick retires, too? No, because... You're talking about a quarterback whisperer and um, what's his name? I'm throwing a blank on his name. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. He 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 gets more out of his quarterbacks. Now again, I think that could be Brady's smoke too. So it will. It also it could be, but it also you wonder how good he will be as a head coach at managing everything because you know how Belichick is. He micromanages every player, every formation every what? second of the game like you wonder if Josh McDaniels could do that too possibly but um, the second I don't think it's going to get it done apparently Arizona wants the first uh, and to what I will say is this you screwed yourself out of first round pick by basically telling the world, "Hey, listen, we're taking Kyle Murray number one. Who wants our quarterback?" Yeah, and he didn't look great last year because you gave him a crappy offensive line and a thirty-eight-year-old wide receiver and an overrated defensive or offensive coordinator in 
Mike McCoy, who had one good year as an offensive coordinator when, oh yeah, Peyton Manning was in Denver. Right. Yeah, that's going to tell a lot. So, I don't know. Just, I think it gets it done. But I do think that the Giants uh, need to get him because the, the Giants, Patriots, and Chargers all need a long-term plan. Uh, Rivers, Brady, and Manning don't have too much longer left. But I don't know. I don't know. I think Rosen, Barkley, Shepard, and Metcalf, though, would be nice. You still think they're going to end up taking Metcalf? If I'm the GM, I am. No, I'm just saying because you had that in your – you think they will take Metcalf. I think DJ Metcalf is the Odell of this draft, and you just traded Odell. No, I know that. I, my argument wasn't that, though. No, my no, no, argument no. was I'm, I'm they've never taken these bigger-bodied receivers like that. I've, besides signing Plaxico Burris in free agency. Like they never seem to draft that. That that, that was that, that's never been the Giants' way. Yeah, but what is the Giant way right now? Is my question to you. With wide receivers, With it's always team. been more Odell like. Always been more quickness, route running, speed, like stuff like that. Not that they, not that they're stick receivers like Brandon Cooks or anything like that, but like. Well-rounded, but with an emphasis on route running and speed, I think, more than it is the big-bodied physical guys like somebody like Metcalf. Not that Metcalf is slow, but he's just his priority will still be jumping and physicality well, more than anything He's going else. six for seven, so. I think the Giants are still going offensive line or defense six or seven. I can't imagine them taking a re- – or they don't have seven, but six. Or I think, 17. Or 17, but – I, I I still don't see them Montez Sweat trading and whatever tackles left. Tra- I don't see them trading Odell and taking another receiver just that quickly. I can't see it happening. You better hope they take him. Why? Because you don't want to compete. You want them? You why would I want to hope they take Metcalf? Because DK Metcalf is not going to impact games right away. He's going to be there for the next guy, aka Josh Rosen. Yeah, but I still like to fill other holes, though. No, that's fine. But Montez Sweat and a tackle are implying that you're ready to go now. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I'm not. I, I'd rather have other things at six than Sweat, but I would not be disappointed in that either. But I'm trying to do a mock draft, but no one wants to do one with me. So, with that being said, for Speedy PD. I'm Tyler Harrison. Um, we're here every day, Monday through Friday. Moffin on the mic is next. I hear Clem in the hallway. And uh, they do have a great show planned, as they always do. I don't know if there's any special guests today, but uh, they don't need any, so who the hell cares. But for Tyler Harrison, who's me, and for Speedy Petey, who's him, we bid you adieu. See ya! You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.